Oh She's yeah. Known for iRobot, Some of All Fears, Lord of War, and Battle Los Angeles. Oh, I forgot Lord she was in Lord of War. War. Yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. Jesus. God. That's a sleeper of a movie. Sometimes. Is that the? Jared no, Leto. No. Am I thinking Jared of Leto? Face Off? Which one's the one where Nicolas Cage says, "Ain't it cool"? Uh. Volleyball. You're insane. Ain't it cool? Yeah. I, I feel like that's Broken Arrow, but still. <laughs> Maybe it is Broken. No, that's uh, that's that's John Travolta, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. That's going to drive me. It might be wow. face-off. It, it does seem like a face-off yeah. sort of thing. Ain't it cool? Ain't it cool? Is that the one where he says he could eat a peach all day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did see an interesting uh, video. I don't know if you guys have run across this, but they were talking about how um, the character of uh, Danny from Billy Madison, played by um, Steve Buscemi, is potentially the uh, killer from Con Air, who then eventually goes on to become Donnie in Big Lebowski. Jesus, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like mind blown. By, by the way, it was it was face off. It was, it was okay. Yeah. Ain't, ain't that cool? Yeah. yeah. Um, that is a good, cheesy movie, and it's just like you're like, I don't have the expectations that this is fine cinema, but I like this, sir. You know? I, saw, I saw it in the theater. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just take two Italian men with completely different body types, and just throw believability out the window altogether. Otherwise, are they similar heights? I, I figured Travolta would be taller. I don't. I, I don't know. I guess we, we really shouldn't dissect the logic of face-off at this point. <laughs> it's already been done. It's in the can, you know? Pedro Pascal has the... Uh, he's, got, he's got the statue. Grotesque. I'll give I you $11,000 for it. <laughs> didn't didn't John Woo just do something again recently and it wasn't, like, great? Yes. yes. Yeah. Like we, we Silent Night, right? Wasn't it yeah. silent? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... Yeah, but isn't it uh, Joel Edgerton or whatever? The 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 RoboCop guy, Kinnaman, Kinnaman, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Yeah. Joel Edgerton is it, a completely different actor. He, it, he it, was, he was in uh kinky boots with Chewed a Legifer. Bless you. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> silent night could have definitely been better. The, um, it, it took itself too literally of being silent. Like, you know, that was a whole cliche thing is like not a single word is said in the entire movie. Uh, even like, you know, when you hear like ambulance drivers and, and like the radio and stuff like that, it's like they're saying something, but they make it like unintelligible. Garbled. Yeah. Gar garbled. Yep. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, yes Miss Peabody. <laughs> the Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised.
Hey kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Paces, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Talking With, my god, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Love this, but holy shit, you guys, you guys didn't need to use like an entire industrial size fucking roll of bubble wrap for this one yeah. thing. Like, yeah, um, there is, there is such a thing as too much. And uh, I opened this and it was, it was just spot on. They, they, they put like, they, they put uh, plenty of bubble wrap around it in the package itself, underneath it on top of it, and then gave it a wrap around. But like, made sure that it was just protected at all angles, but didn't like just wrap it in a fuck ton of stuff and That's then throw cool. it in a box. And I'm like, thank you. Cause then also it doesn't take me 17 stress filled fucking minutes of taking all that shit <laughs> off. You know, I, and- I hate it when you get a slab or when you see a slab and the outside is scuffed. So it's mm. like, it's encased and you're like, Oh yeah, it's a 9.8. But then you're looking at it and there's this big ass scuff on it. And um, worse is when it's on the book, but I've seen it where it's on the top, where it's like you go to read it and it says like who the who the name is, who the publisher is, all that kind of stuff. And there's like a big old scratch on it. And you're like, this is ugly. You know, I hate this. I hate this. Let me crack this thing open. But you're just not going to do that on a graded book. I um I found I I just happened to happen upon it after looking at some of the stuff on on like ebay and what have you i was like oh what's what's the deal with these stands i had never it never really occurred to me um slab stands oh you want to see mine dude i fucking i'm like in love with this idea i got two i got well you can kind of see it because the the ronin's on one but yeah um i do it my guy is standard up comics I had to make one for the podcast which is this oh there we yeah that's the channel yeah Right, and this is the back. You put it in there, right, and you put your slab in there. This one actually has uh, little grommet holes, so you could put it and hang it on the wall. Or oh, nice, nice. nice, yeah. And I had to make it custom for Epic Tales from the uh, from the sewers. So, what's the name of that guy? Uh, his name is Stand It Up Comics. Stand it. Stand it. Oh, stand it up. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm from I'm from Massachusetts, so I was like, did you stand say it? stand stand? I said it, it stand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking stand it up yeah no i fucking get it stand it up yeah my boy scotty he's he's a good dude so if you wanted to get one that said infinity gauntlet he probably already has one so he is on etsy you can check that out that might be who i was looking at his stuff is good it, and i mean it's like it doesn't come with like a whole bunch of like weird strings and stuff on it it's like it's it's shaved down it's he does yeah really he is one of the people i was looking at on etsy his um his stuff has just been uh, accepted into the Kevin Eastman um, uh, fan club store. So now they're selling his stuff licensed uh, through Kevin Eastman. So, Oh my God. Well, I love it. Stuff, at least. I love this Archie horror thing. He has. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, there's a Nightcrawler one that's out of this world too. So 
This Archie yeah. Horror one is amazing. Archie oh. Strange Mysteries. That's so cool. Ooh, Apocalypse. Hmm. Okay, what am I doing? Come well, that, that's not going to work for um for this book. That might work for a different book, The Apocalypse. <laughs> not with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is for my graded Apocalypse versus Warlock in uh, X Factor uh, <laughs> Annual Number Two. Oh, no, no, it's a. Uh, oh, no, it's not Apocalypse. That was Apocalypse versus the High Evolutionary, which was oh. also a ridiculous story. I got to. I give me one second. I just got to grab something I want to show you guys. All right. Before we get All going. Right. <laughs> How are you, Leo? Doing okay. How about you? Good, good. No complaints here. Doing a little reading, you know, reading yeah. my uh, Batman and psychology book, which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They're very, um, they're very into the psychology that Joel Schumacher put into Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Really? Like, yeah, I would not have thought that. I'm like, okay. It just seems like they're just more layered, and, and I mean, I feel like we picked up on that, but you know. And what have what have you uh, gleaned from it? You know, the interesting thing about it so far is that they're talking about like when the developmental stages of uh, your life are, and one of them ends at age eight, and that's when the next one begins, like the reasoning, and that's when Batman lost his parents at age eight. So that's a huge factor to it. Then they're crazy. About, that's when I'm. That's when I left Boston and moved to a suburb of Boston at age eight, right? Yeah. So that's that's when uh, like cognitive reasoning and and memory and stuff like that should start. So it's it's one of those things where you have like like things you're you're less thinking about oh this is a concept and more of like oh this is rooted in real life and like this is an actual person versus like, it's a concept of, of person. So things like that. We're talking about Batman and psychology, the book that I, I'm reading. I, I figured out not that it was specifically Batman and psychology, the name of the book, but that you were talking about Batman mm. and psychology. And, and the other stuff that they talk about, like, does he have a uh, disassociative uh, personality disorder or does he have phobias and things like that? And a lot of it's really insightful. They're like, no, he doesn't meet, you know, the the criteria for a lot of these things. Primarily PTSD. And, and that's the thing. Disorder. He he didn't. And, and you're like, oh, my God, it's it's crazy because there's these categories for it. And he doesn't click all those boxes. So he doesn't have it in that sense. Well, I, I would say he actually one of the things, ironically enough, that I mean, have they talked about hypervigilance? Uh, no, we, we haven't gone through that okay. yet. I'm on chapter six. It's, it's about that... drugs at the moment. Okay, yeah, because that would certainly uh, be part of the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you think about the fact that, like, before Bruce's parents were killed, he had, I mean, it's not that he was a dumb kid, but he didn't show, like, particular aptitudes for anything. You know what I mean? It's that not like they... definitely addressed, yes. <laughs> yeah, he that he, he wasn't seen to be, like, a... a a polymath or a polyglot polyglot is somebody who can just like pick up languages um you know he didn't have like like a, a near photographic memory or anything but like we've seen later on in batman stories that with him as an adult he he has been able to pick up numerous languages with relative ease he he is a polymath he can he's like sherlock holmes and and Alan Turing all mixed up into fucking like dude that wears his pajamas in, it, late at night in the middle of the city. Uh, um, you said that a couple times. Picking up languages, won't the letters fall through your fingers? 
<laughs> He's never seen the Phantom Toll Booth. <laughs> My right? Watchdog. Yeah. Um right. I actually just had Dara watch that for the first time like two years ago. She had never seen it before. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. <laughs> um but uh yeah, she was I, I was I, like, oh Jesus Christ. It was like a shitty day. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I feel like Milo in the Phantom Toll Booth. It's just like the doldrums. And she was like doldrums over here. Yeah. And she's like, I I I understand some of the words that you just said, but I don't know that I understand the full meaning of them strung together in that order. And I'm like, what? Um, but yeah, like after he his incredibly traumatic event. He uh, obviously like starts to undergo personality changes, uh, but one of them, strangely enough, is the fact that he starts to uh, remember everything around him, uh, and that hyper vigilance. That's sort of the same exact thing uh, with PTSD. They they've started to realize uh, is um, associated with other uh, sort of adjacent disorders such as adhd um they're starting to come to the realization more and more that adhd is a is a trauma response and for me personally like i understand i know about it because i'm hyper vigilant uh i remember everything and it's it's not great except for when it is but like 95 percent of the time it, it just it sucks um, it'd be but, great to see if they uh, kind of parlay ADHD into the idea of who he is as a character, because he, well, he does get hyper focus. It seems, yeah, and, and um, obsessive compulsive, you know, impulses, things like that. Like that would definitely make sense. So, but I'm yeah. only on chapter six, and at this point, there, I, I was telling Leo they were talking about the movies and how um, the first one and the second one, not so much, but with Forever, which we actually on this like. podcast liked and, and we said it was better than the second one for sure. And Batman and Robin, you know, they said that they really layered in a lot of psychology there. And I thought that was really fascinating to kind of go through and have them dissect it from a clinical standpoint. I gotta say it's a, it's a really fun book. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think one of the biggest reasons I liked Batman forever as a kid was because they actually like made Bruce Wayne, a character in it as opposed to well it was (laughs) (laughs) but it was just it was just incidental in in the tim burton movies like bruce wayne was the least interesting person altogether yeah you know like in the first one had more going on yeah the first movie you know should have been should have been called the joker anyway did we need robert wool is the question he was playing the question. I thought he was just a reporter at the Gotham Gazette. Now, now I actually want him to be playing the question. Can we? Can I mean, we I, I feel like there. I feel like there was. <laughs> there's a stronger. Not not that it's a good case, but it's a stronger case to be made for him actually being Jack Ryder. The creeper. No, no, I believe you said the question, so that's that's where I'm gonna. All right, I'm just flag. saying, like <laughs> reporter. You know. I don't know. He wore khakis. You know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and a hat <laughs> yeah exactly and he had a hat so you know close enough for government work I guess. yeah exactly he is the question as far just like uh my 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 friend todd used to say that uh the kid in in x-men was the blob and i'm like no that's just that's just a fat kid that lives in xavier's <laughs> <laughs> i 
just a fat kid. And so I, I, I got this recently. This is a lenticular cover. Ooh. Oh, nice. This is uh, a Mantelab exclusive steelbook 4K for the Suicide Ooh. Squad. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I love this design for Starro on the back. Wow. Where it's like, it's actually made up of people with Starro on their face. That's yeah, fucking cool. Um, and it came with like a bunch of stuff. It has a couple of stickers. But uh, it has like an envelope filled with like char- character cards and postcards and stuff. It's uh, it's pretty neat. But uh, yeah, I, I, I finally managed to track this down and, and snag it. Is uh, you know, places like blue uh oh, what the hell is it? Best Buy, they're not gonna be doing physical media. Yeah, anymore. they got rid of everything from yeah. from what I see. Which is funny because they they got into the collectibles market, so you can go there and buy your Legos and you can buy your action figures, but all the physical media is gone. Yeah. They, I mean, I, does that so, mean video games too are gone? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. last time I was there, they had plenty of video games. Yeah. It's uh, weird, you know. You're gonna you're gonna go in there, and it's just gonna be microwaves and dishwashers and fridges. More like least buy. So that was um, very my, clever, actually. Thank you. <laughs> my, uh, I gotta put a point on the board for Brandon. <laughs> my, uh, my, my, my friend Alex DiVincenzo from uh, BrokeHorrorFan.com. Uh, he he has an ongoing thread on. Um, Twitter or the the website formerly known as Twitter. You know, the one that's going to give it to you. I, I think it's called uh, Xerxes now. <laughs> X. Knock, knock. Open up the door. It's real. <laughs> the DMX reference, kids. Um, I know what you meant. I was just looking at so, your Warhead soda. Yes, he has a thing called uh, a thread called Weekends Are For Weird Foods. And so I found a website called sodaemporium.com. And I got him a six pack of Warhead Soda. This one is the blue raspberry flavor. And there's five more very different flavors that came along with it watermelon. Mm. <laughs> you're gonna laugh mm. but it's not going to surprise you when i tell you this next thing <laughs> i have Lemon. had your sodas oh i've not just had one i have had all of them all six in one sitting oh god well that's my plan <laughs> is is for him to have all of them in it is, sitting it is like electrocuting your mouth um and afterwards i could not taste for at least a week so because i tried this Peach yeah, soda. Um, peach peach was good. Um, I think my favorite was the green apple, to be honest. Really? With you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just it, it finally got delivered. And uh it, it's kind of cool when they delivered it, they they actually added a pack of warheads with it. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so I hadn't had warheads in see, I'm gonna be 42 in uh a month, so 30 years, maybe. Wow. <laughs> like I I've, I'm not really a big like candy guy like that anyway, but um, they didn't give you that I, crappy hot grape one, did they? 
No, no, it, it, it just had uh, it had lemon and blueberry. I mean, uh, raspberry in it, blue raspberry. And uh, I've already, I'm on my last blue raspberry. I haven't touched the lemon ones yet because I mean, like a lemon, a lemon warhead isn't that like a hat on a hat? Yeah, yeah, I think Fucking so. jerks, <laughs> you know, like. So, uh, have you guys ever been curious how many warheads a person can fit into their mouth? <laughs> <laughs> can't say that it's ever come up in polite conversation do you think it's closer at 37 it's, uh, it's 37 you're so specific that i'm gonna say yeah I don't, you not, just feel not lucky just that he row. wasn't 38 that he wasn't yeah. 36 well i mean we we had him so we were gonna try and see what to do it and i mean it was a boring day at work so what are we gonna do let's see how many of these things cooper could fit in his in his mouth answer 30 37 <laughs> yeah 37 warheads i put in my mouth at once yeah again yeah but how long did they stay in your mouth That's... oh i i this this will sound this will sound uh more intense than it is i ate them all to completion <laughs> so all the stuff was gone so i guess yeah. you could say it was like there was a party in your mouth and everyone was coming uh yeah i guess you could say that <laughs> was a real warhead it's it's <laughs> it's so much more tart than i imagined hmm <laughs> must must uh must be a lot it's of pineapple saltier. <laughs> it's saltier than i thought it would be this took a weird turn but okay did it though <laughs> did it come as you are i guess i don't think i've ever had a warhead no 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 they're they're intense did you go oh, through or the, or uh, or they're in houses? Uh, yeah. They're they're in wigwams. They're in shacks. It depends on yeah wigwams, teepees, <laughs> wherever good times and warheads can be yurts. had. <laughs> yurts, you know, geodesic domes on the open sea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like a shock tart, you know, where. Uh, a crybaby, you know, that whole fad that was that was the big thing, you know, crybaby cry was jerkers, like, right? Crybaby was like the progenitor, and, and then what was there was like a really like, uh, I don't know, there, there was one that was toxic like low, waste, yeah, toxic waste, um, the the paint washers or whatever. Mm. Yep, I know. I were you more of a talking. Jolly Rancher guy, Leo? No, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Leo, <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't I, like candy, <laughs> I feel like it's generational too, Brandon, where it's like a lot of this stuff came out for us. It's like, like we were at the cusp where it's like, oh, we get the Garfield pop with that rubber sort of top on top of it. If, I don't know if you remember those, but yeah. it's like Leo may have had he'd be like, no, we had uh Bazooka Joe gum and they had just come out with a new flavor, grape, you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> they're grape. Wait, what? Yeah. But you you must have had like like uh, I don't know Alexander the Grape and uh, Charlie Cherry Chan Clan and and stuff like that like those lemon, lemon heads. Uh, I did two lemon heads. Oh yeah, see we we had those and and we could even get them from the oh, ice cream. I, I I didn't do sour candy. Oh okay, so anything yeah. it's just the sour stuff. All right. Yeah yeah it's uh but going to there was a general store uh in our small town and. Uh, I remember being dropped off there as a kid getting like the penny candy. I'm just saying, like even going to Gardner Lake, they had the the candy up oh, there. Yeah, Gardner Lake, yeah, yeah. You know, like going the in the shop, and they had that's that's where I got my uh, Garfield with that weird sort of rubber topper on it. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, I I get the I get the sentiment behind Leo statement like oh, I didn't do sour candy. Like, yeah, why the fuck would I want to get candy that's like actively trying to murder my face? Like, no, thank you. I'll I'll take the slow silent killer sugar. Just just that. I'm yeah. fine. I I remember my big one was uh, what was it? What was the gobstoppers? Mm. Yeah, and those are yeah. most certainly not sour. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I buy one and it would last yellow me a month and a half. Yeah, yellow, just the banana runts. <laughs> banana runts. Yeah, everybody's favorite. Yeah, if you to this day, if you go in a mall, there's probably still a uh, a, a quarter machine with those in it. I don't know why all these kids from from around this era ended up with drug problems. Yeah. Fucking great question. Why did they really? end up with drug problems? <laughs> you don't know. You gave really? them you gave them fucking bags and straws full of powder. Yep. And let them get fucking crazy and then run around a parking lot behind the where they where they live. Why on earth did they end up with addiction issues? <laughs> Search me. I, 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 I still to this out. day remember drinking Jolt Cola that we would get from our uh, our comic store. Jolt Cola, and we would get the big foot-long pixie sticks the blue one oh god you the blue one you'd pour that in the jolt cola and it would come out like a little bit of foam you know and just drinking that oh i defy you to find any energy drink that beats that because that is just like it was like guzzling a battery you know? I feel like you're playing pretty fast and loose with the term beats that um yeah, <laughs> like... yeah I, I don't know <laughs> to this day i get heart palpitations thinking about it <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm kind of getting heart palpitations just hearing about it. My God, like, like my blood sugar went up hearing that. Like, guys, what do you want to do? I don't know. You want to go run in circles for a while? <laughs> yeah, sure. Just let me finish this jolt cola mixed with two pounds of pixie stick. I'm going to go fix Flashpoint. <laughs> I'll be right back. Barry Allen needs my help. With what? Yeah. Saving the universe. <laughs> I, I must have told you guys when I worked IT, uh, I used to, I found um, caffeine mints. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, taking those with uh, Buku's. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I worked too many hours there. Buku, wasn't that just like a half step away from being full on wine in a fucking juice box? That's what I heard. No, that was like one of Richard the Lewis. more powerful um, energy drinks. Okay. It wasn't a it wasn't a juice box though, okay. so I I had no idea that that was an energy drink. It was drink. a big can. It was like Monster. Oh, uh, this is something completely different. Yeah, this is definitely something. something very different. Like I'm thinking about Boku. The he's got Chernobyl over here. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm thinking, I'm thinking like the adult juice box that Richard Lewis did fucking commercials for in like the yeah. late '80s, early '90s. Are you sure you're Are not sure it was called Boku? Bobley, which he also did. <laughs> uh no, B O O K O O energy. Oh, Buku. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. All right, Brandon. Uh, you and I, our heads went the same place. Yeah. We're thinking the juice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're Buku. Uh, the thing that we were thinking of it's B O K U. And it was uh an adult, like juice drink. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't like booze or anything, but it was like a juice box that was marketed to adults. Yeah. In in the late 80s. Yeah. Now, this is, uh, yeah, Buku Energy had 360 milligrams of caffeine per bottle. 
yeah, or, or can, uh, as opposed to cocaine energy drink, which had 200 oh, cocaine. I loved it. It was, I mean, it was terrible, but I loved it. And I'm talking oh. about the drink. I'm talking about the drink. Me too. <laughs> yes. That's what we're all talking about. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways Podcast Network. Give a listen, dudes. Cowabunga is this podcast for you. Anytime someone says that, it makes me think of uh, uh, Dennis Leary for a reason. <laughs> oh, NOS, NOS. That was my uh, next favorite one. Yeah, that's the one that in full throttle gave me a uh, ulcer. So, yeah. I'm uh, I'm good. I got hooked on that stuff at Blockbuster. You know, I'm like, well, I don't want to drink any of this stuff. I guess I'll have this. So, which is sour, by the way, Leo. So all those are sauces. Yeah, nos, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but I I was drinking it for the uh, I I'd like it was for the for the high man for the high. Yeah, I, I remember mixing that with um uh, no, it was a uh, wow. Sobe No Fear when that was out. Sobe No Fear and um. That was like slightly more acidic, and I would mix that with vodka. Oof, my heart's stopping just thinking about it. <laughs> you ever do? Um, uh, probably. <laughs> probably. When I, when I worked at GNC, I found this stuff called Metaform Heat. What the fuck? <laughs> it's out, and, and that would be is what? Like stacker two? <laughs> is that a is that a drink? Is it a powder? It was a powder. Oh, okay. You, uh, you just injected it into your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was the nastiest station shit you would ever drink. Uh, but essentially, it was uh, at the time that we sold it, which was the late 90s, early aughts, um, uh, legalized uh, um, speed at the time. Damn. Yeah. 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 I, I remember doing something called hydro, not hydroxy cut. What was it? Uh, body solutions, which was something that you drink like at night you know it was like oh okay drink this and then you don't eat anything for the rest of the night i remember doing that but not that speed shit i i wasn't into that uh, i i would, and all that yeah i would uh well they found out that if you mix the ephedra with caffeine and aspirin it like quadrupled the effect holy so, shit like, this metaform heat i would tell people like my selling point was people actually died on it and I couldn't keep it on the shelf. Damn. Yeah. It, it Were you was... getting a commission? Yeah. Oh, okay. Matter, matter of fact, they cut the commission on it because I was selling so much of it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so actually kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, first kids, Leo is almost single-handedly responsible 
but people essentially becoming addicted to speed in the area that he lived. So, oh, they uh, didn't need any help. Trust me. <laughs> if you've ever been to New London. You know, like, I mean, it's it sounds like they needed some kind of help, just not the kind of help that Leo was offering. Yeah, well, it's probably a little more legal what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Only right, a little. I'm doing though. it, boys. I'm yeah, doing it. Selling that, and then there was, uh, what the hell? There was some stuff we used to no sell. No wonder he paid for that full duster. Oh, he's going to go with it. The warhead. Oh. There was something we used to sell to uh, help, help the Navy guys try to beat the uh, the piss test also. Ashwagandha. Water? I forgot. St. John's Wort? It was something orange. Oh. Yeah. Tang? I love Tang. <laughs> How come I can't get no Tang around here no more? Mm. Gotta become an astronaut. Holy shit, guys. Wow, it's made him go full Marty McFly. <laughs> it's the blue raspberry. Ah, he's gone to Smurf. <laughs> you guys watch Ted on Peacock? I haven't no. seen it yet. No new show. Fairly certain that they filmed a good portion of it, especially where the high school is. I'm pretty sure the high school is the clock tower from Back to the Future. Oh, nice. The uh, the walkway. Going up to where the clock tower is in Back to the Future, it looks like a flux capacitor. But in Ted, they added a couple of pavement road, like uh, pavement walks into it, so it doesn't look exactly the same. But I'm Seems like sure. the exact thing that he would do, you know, like especially with his American dad stuff, you know. Mm. Um, it was actually, it was kind of funny. I was watching the, I, it's actually really good. Uh, surprisingly good and uh I, i'm watching it and uh they actually had shots of, like the south shore plaza in braintree which is like two cities away from me i'm like holy shit that's the cheesecake factory my sister helped open <laughs> like it was, it was it was it was it's actually it's it's a surprisingly um heart like uh heartfelt show and it starts it starts off Right off the bat, straight. ah, what the fuck? <laughs> like it, it just, it doesn't pull any punches. That's cool. um, yeah. It, but I, I will say it, it's nice seeing the the kid with uh with Ted, and that they didn't they didn't uh, cut corners on the the uh, SFX for Ted uh, himself as a character. But um, well, if it was on Netflix, it already be canceled. Oh yeah, right. Um, it's got like a high high rating uh across the board like critics and audiences alike agree it's like at like a 90 something percent right now um nice. but scott grimes plays the father in it and uh oh nice okay yeah it, it, and i gotta tell you i never would have pegged him as being like a, a the perfect person to play like a a loudmouth new england dude but yeah he nails it especially with the red hair like he looks the part and everything um and it does it does amuse me that alana yubak is playing uh the mom in it you guys know who alana yubak nope. is no you, idea you, you remember beekman's world yes remember the girl on beekman's world yes that's alana yubak okay i like it yeah, yeah. um you, you've seen the movie waiting yeah she's the the, the angry one the, yeah the angry okay. waitress yep. yeah that's nice. alana yubak it's um, so angry 
<laughs> and uh she, she her her character uh john's mom in the in the show she is just like the sweetest pushover on the face of the planet just like classic like catholic repressed new Englander. <laughs> so it hits a couple uh notes from home you're saying uh, a few yeah a cool. few um but yeah i i enjoyed it and uh um, I, 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 I was pleasantly surprised by it. Also, uh, he, there's a cousin in it played by an actress named Georgia Wiggum. And uh, I saw her name and I was like, Wiggum, what the fuck? Uh, her dad was on. Um, oh, he was the police officer. Boardwalk. The- no, Boardwalk. I was, was going to say Simpsons. Wiggum. So her dad is an actor on Boardwalk Empire named Shay Wiggum. It's W H I G H A M Wigham. Oh, okay. And uh, old spelling. <laughs> did you guys did you guys see the uh, the Perry Mason reboot they did on HBO? I, I believe I believe you know we haven't. <laughs> well, it was it was actually really good, but uh, I know you've told us how good it is. He, he played I he, Max, so he played he played um he played Perry Mason's like uh, first partner. Uh, when they were doing like PI stuff on Boardwalk um, Empire, was he the brother who was the sheriff then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's a good actor. That that was a really good part. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it's his daughter who plays the the cousin named Blair in the show, and I was you know I was Blair. Yeah, Blair. Yeah. Oh gee, apparently someone's parents were fans of a fact facts of life. Yeah, right. They waited until 1986 to name her. Listen, I didn't say it was a perfect insult. Just go fuck yourself. How about that? But um, yeah, it's, it's really good if you get the chance to check it out. You take anyway, your good, you take your bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good night. Good night. Otisburg. Okay. Hi, buddy. Come here. Come here. Come. Otisburg, come. It's the part where the dog comes come to here. say goodnight. Yep, this is exactly what it is. Come here. Yeah, it's the microphone. You, you've seen it. You're both coming up. Argo, come. Come here. Hey. Look. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I thought he was. Yeah. Oh, puppy. He, he, he got kennel cough, and we've had oh. to Oh. Argo, hi. What you doing? Let me see if I can. Uh, come here. Come. come. Oh, the puppy. Hi, bud. <clears throat> come here. What's up? Come. Up. Up. <laughs> no. You want me to come down? <laughs> right, go to bed, okay? <laughs> Weird. I've never seen someone full open mouth kiss a dog before. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of the uh, blue raspberry? Dara cannot. Dara cannot hear you. Yeah. All she saw and heard was me going <laughs> right then, and she just gave me the fucking one of the worst looks I've ever received from her. She was just because <laughs> she she knows absolutely mortification no on her face. <laughs> Go upstairs. What? You M. I, I, I be. You be 40. 
Red, red wine? Ah, don't mind if I do. <laughs> oh, I am also a fan of white reggae. Oh, are you? Well, I mean, I listened to Snow once in the 90s. Yeah, so I feel one. like that counts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, really? Snow? And what do you have to say about that? Uh, licky boom, boom down? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, Leo, Snow was a Canadian rapist. Who, uh... <laughs> I kind of figured. I never heard of him. <laughs> Rapist. <sighs> and uh, he he did a song called Informer, and he was heavily influenced by a lot of uh, reggae he had he had heard uh, in and out of prison. And uh, it's a it's a very fast rap song, like like. Busta Rhymes level fast. Was and, it was it a Canadian prison? I mean, sorry. Oh, you'll be sorry. Oh yeah, you're sorry. I'm sorry. You're sorry. Oh, you're gonna be real sorry, buddy. Oh, I'm not your buddy, friend. I'm not your friend, guy. I'm not you your guy, buddy. <laughs> What's his all about? Justin um, and Brandon would like to apologize to their Canadian listeners for <laughs> Brandon and Justin would like to apologize to their Canadian listener. Yeah. <laughs> There's more to me. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's 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 not even it's it's a Quebecer named Gus who actually Yeah, that's what I was say. Viva la Sherman. Viva la Quebec. He speaks broken English, so he only understands like every third word we say. Like, I'm not quite sure what they're talking He's about. Like, but ah, I do enjoy on. this. I do enjoy the superheroes, so... Get to the damn holiday! I believe I've heard them mention Putin, so, you know, one for the win column for Quebec, huh? <laughs> we want to talk about more Highlander! <laughs> crème fraîche? Crème fraîche? Ah, no crème fraîche. I think he's coming <laughs> on to me. <laughs> you know, I, I took uh, uh, French in um, uh, junior high. Absolutely failed it. And... Uh, we my mother takes me up to Canada to meet uh, some of our family, and she tells them, "Oh, you took French in school." And I was like, "They tried talking to me. I knew absolutely nothing. I, I it was it was very embarrassing." I saw a girl uh, on like social media recently, and I just I started. I, I did not take French. I have a very less than cursory knowledge of the language. You know, I told you guys like my father made me take a fucking two thousand year old dead language through all of high school. Sanskrit. Uh, Sanskrit. It's the best I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, That's a PCU reference, which Justin and I will try to pepper in every fucking chance we get. Pretty much. (laughs) You know why? Um, Because we're Mayflower material. (laughs) What? Uh, They came over on the boat. Uh, (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) America's greatest print. No. uh, But I, I but anyway, what I was saying is I saw this young woman in her name. I, I, I laughed hysterically because uh, my brain just imag- automatically jumped to like that girl would have the hardest time introducing herself in France. Her name was Gemma Pell. Gemma Pell. <laughs> What's so your imagine name? Her, imagine her saying my name is Gemma Pell. Yeah. In French. Je m'appelle, je m'appelle. What the uh, hell did you just say? <laughs> They're like, uh-huh. Pourquoi? Pour 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> like, yes, je m'appelle, je m'appelle. My name, my name is like, are you the Eminem? Are you singing a song right now? Because he's, you know, okay. The man who is on first. <laughs> the name of the man is who? <laughs> we appreciate the Jerry Lewis because he makes us laugh without the words. Yeah, we, we understand why fucking pantomime is so big in your country. The only French I remember is my grandfather taught me to, how to say uh, shut up shithead. Oh, nice. Yeah. la tête. I know I totally threw that off. I think it's le merde. Le mad. Merde. Le merde. 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 Le mad. Merde. Saying, it sounds like mared, like like there's an A, but it's like a U and an E. Family bush, family bush. Well, I didn't say I said it well, but that is when, true. When you yeah. said that, all I can think of is uh, Napoleon, not portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix, but uh, but from Bill and Ted's excellent <laughs> adventure. What their slide? What their loo? Decal, decal. Well, that's uh, two two episodes in a row that we've managed to bring up Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and PCU. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. I mean, you really can't quantify how often we bring up uh, Back to the Future, though. So That is true. Yes, that is we can. True. Okay. Thanks. My wife said Oh, yes. Leo, by the way, just to let you know, I, I saw um, on uh, SuperheroStuff.com, uh, just in case you're, you're wondering, they are selling... Um, uh, Roughly in your size, uh, a Fantastic Four T-shirt is right up your alley. No, oh, nice. Is it the red one? <laughs> no, it's gray, and it's just got like a picture of them that says Fantastic Four. But I saw it earlier, and I was like, Dara, look, they they have a Fantastic Four T-shirt. Should I tell Leo? So here I am. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because you know we're just talking about like other things there, you know, like other things we've referenced, and I I honestly just keep coming back to the fact that like my approach to my my headcanon for how they should approach uh the fantastic four for the mcu it's um it, justin will 100 agree with me on this I, I know it because it's it's one of his all-time favorite movies and one of mine they need to have the entire production team uh for fantastic four in the mcu sit down and watch event horizon no error here. Yeah. I think I think that needs to be um, the approach. It needs to be um, they disappear, they come back. For them, it's only it's only four seconds, and for the rest of the world, it's like fucking forty years or some bullshit. You know, they they disappear in the eighties. They show back up now, and, that, and that's how we get um, the aged uh, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> No, no. If uh, Pedro Pascal plays Reed Richards in that movie, I am probably not going to see it. Yeah, I I don't know that it's an option for me not to go see it. You know, um, but I did not see that 2015 version in theaters either. So, oh god, no. You know, but um, I really I like, like Pedro Pascal. Two, you know, I, I I like Pedro Pascal a lot. I just don't think he's a good choice to play Reed Richards. I think it would be far more interesting to see the fantastic four you know that that quartet 
shoved through in in now that time trip exactly what i said working on some secret project for intergalactic interstellar travel you know at the behest of shield sort of a precursor to sword um and uh it goes horribly awry and that's when they decide to like give up on those kinds of plans and focus more on like the home front initiative which is the planet in and of itself that's mm-hmm. why shield goes full bore from that point on it's like we'll worry about other shit when we have better capabilities for it. Um, they wouldn't be in the snap because they would have spent that four seconds. Yeah, ex- no, that makes ex- sense. Exactly. Um, but Victor would have been one of the people that worked with them and shield and you know, like he and Reed might've already had like a little bit of a, you know, head to head thing just because he gets wind of some of the stuff that that Doom might be attempting, uh, which is you can tie it into and this is sort of the event horizon thing too, like tie it into the idea of like, you know, sort of negative zone slash hell uh, that they pass through briefly. Um, and that's exactly the realm that Doom is trying to use science and mysticism to penetrate because the backstory of doom of course is that his mother is being held by mephisto in oh you didn't know that you read this oh, oh yeah he said i said fucking mephisto jesus yeah. Christ. confirmed uh, um played by jason isaacs in the uh, new video game uh, midnight suns who was in event horizon so um but i would i would much rather see pedro pascal play doctor doom in that scenario have him be dr doom now and he rose to power especially after everything that happened in sokovia because uh latveria would likely be a neighboring nation yeah it's, it's and, a baltic nation so yeah, yeah you know um and see how he he used all that to his advantage to you know start running the country um but like he takes all that time since then and you know it gets to a point where he is like this powerful dude and he's still been trying to amass info and still save his mother's soul and all that um but i think pedro pascal would be excellent for that as hit playing his current age as dr doom now and then the non-aged you know re- disappearing reappearing ink known as the fantastic four pops back up and it's just like it reignites like old enmities and and flames the egotism uh and there you can see it kind of like lead way to secret war and all that happy horse shit that mcu really wants to do i can't think of can't think of oh it's plemons is is the actor um uh, oh f- from um breaking bad uh is it the uh he's kind of he looks a little bit like matt damon and he's he's really hot right now. I think he married. Yeah, um, yeah. So Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, it, it, Kirsten Dunst. So um, I could see him doing a pretty favorable job if they give him like some sort of magnum, you know, uh, magnumaniacal genius character to be a bad guy. I'd like to see him be involved somehow, you know, in in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. That'd Not necessarily as Doom, but you know, he could. I I think he's got the chops. So it looks well, like I think uh, Fantastic Four uh, in a year almost. They haven't even finished casting this thing. 
It's uh, May of 2025, according to... They gotta stop doing that shit. They really need to focus more on story and getting all the other pieces in place before they have these release dates set. I'm sure they have scripts. You know, like, that's that's yeah. a thing. I'm sure they have scripts. Well, maybe I just not. don't understand... I don't understand why people keep saying, like, oh, Pedro Pascal should be playing Reed Richards in this movie, like... It just doesn't make sense he's, to me. He's a hot actor. That's that's why. Like he's he's so hot right now. Like Hansel, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. So hot right now. But but that's the thing. Like I mean, I like Pedro Pascal a lot. I do. But like he is not the right age, and he is not in the right shape, and to be able to play this. And you know, I'm not saying that to be jerky, and, and I'm certainly not saying this is like Mr. Svelte over here myself. But like, would I, you have wanted Krasinski to continue? Fuck no. Okay, that's fair. Fuck no. I hell no. I didn't even want him to show up in Multiverse of Madness. I thought that was a fucking stupid move. I don't think. Well, it looks like history proved you right. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a very stupid move. I how do I put this? Putting John Krasinski, even for that small cameo esque role as Reed Richards in multiverse of madness is exactly the same as Warner brothers saying, Hey, we're going to give Zack Snyder more money to finish his justice league. And then we'll put it exclusively on HBO max. What the fuck are you doing? Do you not understand the can of worms you were about to open up by doing that shit? Like, you know, and, and it's exactly, I mean, I said this in both instances, like, this is a big, like, a big mistake. This is a bad idea. And sure enough, Zach, you know, the Zack Snyder Justice League thing came out, and I was like, oh, boy, you give him an inch. Watch what's going to happen. And as soon as it was out, I was like, okay, boys, we got him to release this. Now let's tell him to restore the Snyderverse. Like, I, I, I'm just going to put out there because, you know, I know we put this out there a lot, but... I have no problems with the Snyder cut. To me, it's a C plus movie. It's fine, you know. And and the Joss Whedon, it's a C minus. You know, it's fine. You know, I I'm not in love with it. It's okay. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to shit all over it. I mean, uh, it, I'm just saying, like, it it was juice not worth the squeeze. They should never have released it's, it. It's better than Quantum Mania. <laughs> it's it's better than the Eternals. So, although I will say that that movie at least had some decent visuals in it and all that, but um, man, was it boring! Yeah, yep, totally. Yeah, it was, it was very, very uneven. Um, yeah, we're like, show more of Dane Whitman, and they're like, no. And I'm like, I'm you want to like, know why the you want to know why the Eternals why Eternals was boring? Because I think it's a timing a lot too. It's a very well, uh, uh, kind of, but it's a very cosmic related Marvel story. And they had fired the one person who actually had a clear-cut vision huh. for the cosmic side of the MCU. That was not written by James Gunn, huh? And not even not not even not written. There was no consultation. Yeah. Well, also, uh, like you're introducing weight, and I know Guardians did this, but it, Guardians did it properly. But you're interesting way too many characters that n- the normal people don't know anything about. Yep. There, there's no backstory about them. You, you're, you, there's no reason to care about them. Yep. 
you know, I, I think I liked Gilgamesh. I'm like, he's kind of cool. You know they, they really should have played up their uh, influence on human history and mythology instead of like showing those those like flashback sequences that amount to just like it's it, like it's great that you're trying to show how they all were with one another and how they related to like human civilization initially but it really should have been a showcase for several of them to be pulled in and made part of uh how we tell our stories you know gilgamesh for crying out loud yeah yeah one of the oldest fucking stories on the planet you know one of the oldest stories on the planet and it's about a fucking superhero okay i'm really dig- digging that idea what if you take that idea turn it into a series and make it more like highlander oh like, damn yeah like they meet up you know they don't meet up every now and then but you know they randomly come across each other you know and well that that's i mean that's exactly what they were trying to do with the movie yeah they but like, just yeah, but here's the thing, like that should not that would not be a good ongoing series. That is something that honestly should only be like you know well, uh, six Duncan McCloud disagrees with you. I'm talking Adrian about Eter- I'm talking about Eternals. I'm talking yeah, about Yeah, I know. Not, I'm just saying, like I'm just saying if Adrian Paul can make this shit work, then you know Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. Uh Marvel, they they need to just have limited series. They they should not have ongoing shit because yeah, ongoing's rough for them because it, I, it, it yeah. dilutes everything that they're working towards. You know, I mean, people. I mean, I, we, I think we it's Wandavision, and that led to Multiverse of Madness, and it's like you you talk a lot about the juice not being worth the squeeze, not even close. You know. Well, I mean, Wandavision was I thought was amazing. I liked Wandavision. Didn't like the ending. But how that translated into Multiverse of Madness, it was like, they ignored everything. Yeah, it's like, all right, so I guess there's kids from here, and that's the important part. What about Vision? You didn't even mention him. You know, it's like. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing that really gets me, too, is like the apologists and and revisionists. Like, oh, you see, at the end of WandaVision, like, you know, with the kids, all of a sudden she hears him like, you know, saying, help, help, and. That's why she's like so obsessed. By the time we get to Multiverse's Madness, it's it's likely because uh, you know one of these fucking demons, you know, understood that she was using the dark hole and the trying to. I'm like, oh really? And where does it say any of that in what we've exactly. seen? Exactly. Yeah. Shit. So uh, the only time Vision is mentioned is um, in the Marvels. You yeah. Know. Not not even mentioned in Multiverse of Madness at all. Yeah. It really pissed me off. And and I, I think the movie is watchable. You know, it's it's interesting for what it is and all that, but it's not great. You know, and it's a clear departure from, you know, the, like the interesting parts of all those characters. And I do not buy for a minute. It's like, OK, to try to get her two children back, she's going to kill another girl. That's not at all who Wanda is. And and I mean, the, the biggest problem out of all this is her performance where she keeps losing the accent. There's no continuity. It's just it's not it's not great art, you know. Well, I mean, that's that's actually one of the good things about WandaVision is once she like breaks through like that that whole psychosis and, and everything, and she's no longer like focusing on what she wants reality to be. 
mm-hmm. but essentially, you know, kind of accepts everything for what it is by the end of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. The the uh, Sokovian accent actually is back. She she speaks like that by the end of WandaVision, and it's it, it's subtle how it creeps back in, but it's very purposeful, and you can tell that. It's because the closer she gets to who she originally was and not the person that she was trying to become once she joined up with the Avengers and once she lost vision and was trying to turn everything into a sitcom reality, the American accent goes away. I was and thinking her- more along the lines of, like, there's there's parts of Civil War that are like that, where it's there and it's gone. There's parts of... What, yeah, they, they actually kind of explain that, though, in Civil War because she is actually training with black widow on how to cover up like where she's from. Like they, that's they, fair. I mean, that's... they actually, they actually do have Natasha like coaching her in civil war. So like, I know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that for me was enough. I'm like, okay, that makes sense because they're, she, you know, especially another Eastern European woman is trying to like show her like, Oh no, you can, you don't have to sound like, you're from this other place you can make it sound as though you're from here and people won't see see you or hear you any differently that's uh, good it, okay you know I, that. I, that makes I sense that. but um in multiverse of madness they just they were like yeah go back and forth and i mean i i've said this numerous times before i'll probably say it numerous times again before i die but I enjoy Sam Raimi's movies for what they are. I don't think having Sam Raimi come in to direct Multiverse of Madness was a good idea. I I mean, I, I, I came away from it right away, right away saying, I've seen this movie before from Sam Raimi. This, is, this was an Evil Dead movie. <laughs> kind of yeah i mean we even got a zombie slash for want of a better term deadite version of dr strange yep in this fucking movie like so did okay. this come out two or three years ago this this one was it out in, in 22 or 21 20 it came out in january i don't remember 22 i want to say Okay, so two years ago it came out. We're still analyzing this. We went through a whole phase in this past year with stuff that was good, bad, mediocre, and all that. You know, um, I think, you know, um, Guardians was the the clear winner out of out of this one. Guardians three, oh, in, yeah. in terms of that, and they they had a couple stinkers in there. And I thought Marvels was pretty good. It's probably my I liked it. favorite. Marvels um, was good. What if was really good. Uh, what if What if the show? Um, I'm surprised that there's people who are kind of uh, rewriting history on Shang-Chi because I love Shang-Chi and I thought it was really well received. But now people are like, oh, I didn't like it. I thought it was lame. I'm like, what are you talking about? Everybody loved this movie. Shang-Chi was awesome. Yeah. In, in all honesty, I, I enjoyed that probably better than a lot of these movies that I've seen. Like if, if you go back to the first Thor, you're like, what is this? You know, it's, it's like, this is not my favorite. Yeah, I mean Shang Chi. I I mean, I don't know. I I I liked it. I thought it was like you said. I thought it was well received. I don't see, I don't see why, um, 
and p- people do the same thing and they're, they're shitting on iron man 2 i'm like really well really? actually i mean I, I i'm not yeah. going to agree with you on that i i shit on iron man 2 uh two seconds after i walked out of the fucking movie theater when i saw did it. you like three better than two because three is the one that's been more panned and they're like no oh, i didn't so i didn't actually like two or three okay when three made a billion dollars i was confounded i was like how how did this fucking happen i don't it's understand stacy and she has a new hat yeah exactly it's like and, and well we go to see something her powers were never really addressed also, right? In what? Iron Man 3. Whose powers? Oh, yeah, Pepper Potts. Yeah, Pepper. Like, it, it just wore off, kind of? the. No, the, they say the at the end Pepper. of Iron Man 3 that Tony figured out how to purge the extremists from her system. Oh, okay. They say, they say that in the movie. It's been forever since I've seen it. Yeah, um... He purges the extremists from her, and he actually finally gets the arc reactor removed from his chest. So, yeah, everybody's pretty hunky-dory by the end of that one. Uh, I, you know, and that's, I will say, like, I I do appreciate the consistent innovation of Tony Stark uh, throughout all these different movies and stories that he was in. Um, because like in Iron Man three, you know, he's like calling his suit to him and all the different disparate pieces are, are making their way slowly. And he that only ends up with like, a you know, one like pulse reactor glove and like one boot and shit. And he's like, this, this is not ideal. Uh, and from that point on, he never has a suit that is comprised of different components. Um, that would get called from all over the place. He starts using like nanotech and what have you, so that he always has access to it instantaneously. Um, you know, you can see him making moves, you know, it was too bulky. He needed machines to help him in and out of it in the first movie. Then in the second movie, he comes up with like sort of a travel version, but he still needs a case to carry with them and, and be able to get the whole thing put on him. I thought and that then, was a cool idea. I, yeah, I like yeah. that. It was, but it was very like 1960s. Oh kind yeah. Of, you it, know. It, it seemed like the suit in three was weaker, also though. Like it, it fell apart easy, from what I remember. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you compare everything to the first Avengers movie, I agree. You know. Yeah, I mean, my my big th- my big thing altogether though is just with uh, with with Tony and in those movies. The first movie was great. The second movie, I think, was on its way to being great. And Marvel Studios mucked about too much. They they fucked with John Favreau. Uh, and they completely changed what he and uh, Mickey Rourke were doing. And that's why by the end of Iron Man 2... John Favreau was like, "Yeah, you know, it's fun uh, not directing these movies anymore. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna walk away and and uh, <laughs> yeah. do other stuff. I'll stay on as a producer because money, 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 money. But uh, yeah, you guys can figure out who else you want to direct it, and you know, let somebody else have their their turn. Wink, wink. Um, and you know, and I've mentioned this before. If you want, I think if you want a good snapshot into." an allegorical snapshot into what that whole process was like for John Favreau to 
direct Iron Man 2, watch the movie Chef, written and directed by John Favreau. He plays a chef who works for you know a, a very well known like four star restaurant owned by uh, Dustin Hoffman in the movie, and they find out that a, a big hoity toity food critic is going to be there, and so he decides like oh I'm gonna make this 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 and this, and uh, Dustin Hoffman's owner character is like no you're gonna make what's on the menu right here what I say we have what people expect. And he's like, but I mean, I'm a chef. I'm a lot more creative than that. That's why that's why this critic's going to be coming here to see like what kind of creative things that we can do as a team with me leading it for you. He's like, I don't care. These are my ingredients. This is my restaurant. You're going to make the food I tell you to make. And he's like, okay, but if I do that, you understand that this critic is not going to like what we make because it's going to be the same kind of thing you can get any place else or any time else here. He's like, I don't care. Make the food the way I tell you. And so he does. And the critic is just like, this is like, it's okay, but it's uninspired. And, and, you know, I don't think anybody should go out of their way to check it out. It is a full blown, like one-to-one comparison for his experience directing Iron Man 2 and how he was regarded by Marvel Studios and likely, I'm going to guess, Ike Perlmutter at that point in time. And uh, yeah, I think I think that he and Mickey Rourke were doing something a lot more special with Whiplash than what we ended up getting. I mean, Mickey Rourke was was hot. You know, he he had done The Wrestler. We were all taking him far more seriously as an actor again. He, I mean, he had been doing stuff. He was, he was really knocking it out of the park. You get somebody like Mickey Ward coming in who was nominated for a fucking Oscar, and then you just reduce him to, oh, I want my bird. Like, oh, okay. I sincerely doubt that's what John Favreau was shooting for. So that's that's just not two things. I love the Justin Hammer stuff my, myself. Yeah, I thought yeah that's that's the one thing I will say. Like, they need to bring Sam Rockwell back. I mean, I was very happy to see that they've been like kind of putting him in left and right in certain things. Like they really um repopularized the one shot all hail the king when Shang-Chi was coming out. Uh and the cool thing about that and just the fact that Trevor was was in it, but the fact that Justin Hammer features in that as well. Uh, and then watching what if, you know, seeing, seeing Justin Hammer show up and that, you know, Sam Rockwell full on came back to do it. I'm like, yes, which, you know, amuses me to no end too, because uh, the reporter in Iron Man and Iron Man two that, um, Tony, like, yep. Tony sleeps with him. Leslie Bibb. Uh, you know that she and Sam Rockwell have been together for like 17 years, right? Oh, I did not know that. That's funny. Yeah. So, like, from what I'm given to understand, before Robert Downey Jr. was um, given the go-ahead by the studio because he was an insurance liability uh, and John Favreau really had to go to bat for him, uh, the person that they were looking at to play Tony Stark was Sam Rockwell. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where they took him and they made him like the bad guy 
one of the one of the bad guys for the sequel um it's the same exact feeling i get from seeing topher grace being cast as eddie brock in spider-man 3 like when sam raimi did the first spider-man if you were doing screen tests right and you put topher grace who's known at that point in time especially for being on that 70s show and toby mcguire both on screen tests to play peter parker slash spider-man who do you pick out of those two to play Peter Parker and Spider-Man? Oh, I'd pick Topher Grace for sure. In a heartbeat. Yeah. I am fairly certain that is exactly how that was going down. And Fox did not want to let him out of his contract to play Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Hmm. And the funny thing is, uh, the movie Spider-Man came out. It was a massive success. Uh, what happened shortly thereafter on that 70s show? Topher Grace left. Oh, Topher Grace left. He was like, yeah, I don't want to do this show anymore. Yeah, he probably didn't want to do the show anymore because they were hindering his entire career. He could have been the person playing that character in a multi-million dollar movie. But he was in best picture of that year, too, with traffic. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, did you hear about the mess about um, uh, Madame Web? Madame Madame Web. Madame Web. Uh, there's there's a lot going on with that. Yeah, I mean, you have to be more specific, Leo. And how uh, come we haven't seen Craven the Hunter yet? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I I was reading an article. It was talking about how Andrew Garfield was supposed to be the Spider Man in that movie. And then I guess in recuts they stripped him out, and now it's supposed to be, um, who the fuck's the current Spider-Man? Tom. Tom, uh, but as a baby or like not born yet. Uh, uh, where I don't know where you're seeing that because where did I read that? It just doesn't. That just just doesn't make any sense. Why do people care about this movie? But, but it just. But it just doesn't make any sense, because if you watch the trailers for this movie, it's clearly taking place in like the aughts. Mm-hmm. So, I it, could it, see it taking place in the times actually. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said I could see it taking place in multiple times. Maybe, but the primary timeline that it's taking place in it, it seems to be the odds you can tell by the phones that they're mm-hmm. using um they're all like flip phones and and you know just almost barely have antennas that you have to pull out you know um but adam scott is in the movie you know adam scott is right yep we know party down you know yep. yeah he, he's, he's, supposed, he's supposed to be uncle ben right he's supposedly playing ben parker which means obviously he's not been killed by a burglar or what have you yet. So how would Andrew Garfield be the Spider-Man for this movie? No, idea. that makes no sense. Whoever it is that's saying that has a narrative that they want to see fulfilled. Like just because you think it and type it out into the internet, doesn't oh, yeah, make yeah. it true, kids. Fucking John Krasinski, his shenanigans again. <laughs> Fucking like it's just there's so many things that you look at and just apply that 
tiniest bit of logic and reason to and see that some of the stuff that people are saying, it's just, it's all balderdash. But all yeah, we, we won't know until it actually comes out. Yeah, but, but no, but that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I agree. We won't yeah. know, but at the same time, like you still kind of know, like if, if, but, it, they if could do something at, like put them in a credit scene at the end, Brandon. So that's that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, we didn't see that coming. So they could they could screw you over. I just like, don't understand how it would H. be a credit scene though, like because Andrew Garfield's Spider Man is specifically set at that point in time at the age he is, whereas what we're seeing takes place in the aughts, and it's bef well, you know, obviously before Ben Parker is killed and you know serves as like the impetus for peter parker to realize like oh with great power must also come great responsibility so um, you you've fallen ill to one of the two greatest blunders the second of which uh is uh never engage in a land war in asia the first is uh slightly lesser known is uh never try to make uh make sense out of a fox spider-man movie how about <laughs> sony because Fox has never made a Spider-Man movie or, or Sony. Sorry. Sony. See, don't try to make sense of that either. So, you know, but, that, but that's the whole thing. The movie's not going to be good. And, and I know it's, it's not going to have some award winning script with depth of character that we've only dreamt for, from a damn web. It's not, it's going to be a filler movie so they can't lose their license or whatever. And that they're going to try to figure out how to shoehorn in Craven and Morbius and Venom and all that. And it's going to be awful. Oh, uh, and, I don't know if this is the article I read, but it covers the same thing. So according, uh, so this is CBR, uh, according to insider Jeff Schneider, uh, Sony initially wanted Garfield to be the main Spider-Man in a Spider-Man universe, beginning with Madame Webb. However, those uh, plans were later scrapped and Tom Holland's Spider-Man was chosen as a movie's web crawler. Uh, Snyder continued that all mentions of either Spider-Man were then removed during reshoots. Sony realized that the timelines didn't add up for either version to appear. Madame Webb is apparently going to be set in the 90s to early 2000s until reshoots removed any reference of the movie taking place in a particular year. Yeah, so like I said, it's like the early to mid-aughts. Yeah. That's... It's not, it's not going to be any groundbreaking thing. We're like, oh, this leads us to Spider-Man. We already know what leads us to Spider-Man. Radioactive spider bites someone. He's <laughs> You know, he's there. That's what happens. I've actually never seen a radioactive spider bite Peter Parker in any live action rendition. It just crawled on his hand and he smacks it. No, they've been genetically engineered. Oh, instead of radioactive. I mean, technically carbon is radioactive, so I guess I'm partially correct. Yeah, Ah, (laughs) technically correct. Well, technically everything's radioactive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. (laughs) <laughs> we absorb radiation from the sun, Brandon. We're therefore radioactive. We speak in gamma waves, therefore. <laughs> Damn it. I fucking pulled the wire out of my microphone. I'm like, I can't hear anything. He got, he a... got so angry, he had to just disconnect his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit. Maybe was... in the future, just discon- disconnect it from the headphones and not, yeah. <laughs> not the bottom of the mic itself. It was, it was the gamma rays that made him angry. Yep. We wouldn't like him when he's angry. It's funny. He's like a reverse Hulk. We love him when he's angry. <laughs> if you love Brandon when he gets angry, dial three. <laughs> Beep. Oh, God, no. 
What happened? They wore out the threes on all the phones. <laughs> and Jason Todd's dead. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys, oh did any of you pick up that book? I'm sure Brandon didn't. I didn't pick it up. Did you get it, Leo? The uh, version that they released of Death in the Family where, the, where Robin lived? Uh, oh, did that get released already? It did get released. It was released oh, about shit. a month ago. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I need to go pick up my box. They called and said it's full, so I don't know if it's um. Hopefully, you set it aside for me. That's fucking funny, man. Because uh, I actually, you know, I, I I've been playing uh, Arkham Knight. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been seeing I've been seeing a lot. I will say, like, the one thing that, uh, absolutely horrifying about <laughs> playing that game is the realization that in that story uh the joker didn't just like get jason todd and then beat the shit out of him with a fucking crowbar until he was dead like he had him for six months and just like tortured him and like i found out like i guess they made some comic books that tie in to arkham knight yeah there are Um, some yeah and uh i guess there was like quite a few different uh villains that joker called in and let beat the shit out of jason todd too and the implication is like some of them even sexually assaulted jason todd jeez yeah and uh it's like it's so dark but i was like you know what's fucked up is like i actually feel like that is more towards what the joker would have done than to just go completely unhinged and beat him to death with a crowbar interesting like, yeah yeah it, 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 but like it's it, it it skeeved me out ever since i like i watched a couple videos on it and like getting some background and i was like oh my god it never even occurred to me that's a fucking nightmare and i was like poor jason you know what fuck him how do i help jason kill batman in this game <laughs> i'll do it i'll do it damn it it's funny too because that's like one of the rare examples where it actually shows Joker kind of like leaning towards that sort of thing because he he kind of draws a line which I imagine is is you know editory and you know all of that with like you don't see him doing things of like a sexual assault nature no. with the exception of uh, the Killing Joke where he kind of like strips down his uh, uh, two people there uh, Barbara Gordon and James Gordon yeah that's the only time you really see anything like that. Yeah, the, the fucked up thing about that, though, too, is like I still don't think that him doing that to both Barbara and Jim, I don't think it's sexual. It's it's about degradation. It's yeah, about, it was definitely about humiliation. That's what I was saying. That's the only thing I can think of that comes close. Yeah, 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 exactly. He just ain't, a, he just ain't about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or that he's also not on American either. That's yes, what he says. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a very rocketeer moment. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I was always like kind of perplexed by Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship because Joker, uh, even like, even when he was like in that relationship, cartoon, comic books, whatever, he always, he always made me, struck me as somebody who was more asexual than anything else. Like. You know, sort of in the same vein as like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight, um, cheap thrills. You know, like I I don't really care about you know getting the girl or you know getting laid. I, I like 
I like things that are easier and cheaper to come by, like gasoline and matches. <laughs> you, you know, like that that just strikes me as as like Joker's attitude. He wouldn't care about it's not because like even the power aspect, like I don't think he would need to rely on sex to feel powerful. He 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 does that through all kinds of other like means of manipulation and and just horror. Um, so yeah, I mean, that being said, about it more in, um, white knight, I think, you know, how, yeah, he would, yeah like that's, it's more addressed in that, but I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's about power for him. I think it's a compulsion and part of his, uh, of his mania, you know, yeah. that, that he has like, like there's that sort of thing, like, like nymphomania would, would be like an addictive sort of personality to that physical aspect yeah. and just the idea of attention. He is a child that wants attention. And who does he get it from? You know, does he get it from, you know, the, the women walking on, uh, you know, Park Row or does he get it from Harley Quinn or the other Harley Quinn or, <laughs> or, or does he get it from a guy that dresses up like a bat and flies over the rooftops in the middle of the night in Gotham? Yeah. And, and much like in uh, one of the, the best versions of this in the, uh, the, the Lego Batman movie, Batman doesn't care about him the way he wants to be cared about. And he never yeah. will. Like, oh yeah, you're you're my nemesis. It's the only movie that nailed that whole relationship. You're my nemesis. Am I? I don't, I don't really think about you that often. You know, it's like, oh well, I think about you all the time. He's like, oh well, that's sad. You know, it's like that's <laughs> yeah, kind of how it is. It's like, and that's you got someone who's obsessed with this whole thing. That yeah. that is probably the only aspect of personality that I think that uh, Joaquin Phoenix got right was the absolute obsession that that he had like um like the mom was obsessed with um, uh, thomas wayne and all that and being obsessed oh i think he's my dad and like showing that aspect of it but um everything else kind of fell really flat for me on that one but uh yeah well yeah and, and like i, I wish more people kind of agree i wish more people agreed with you <laughs> yeah, yeah i um well, I, I paid to see it, so I'm part of the problem. Oh, yeah, same here. Same <laughs> you know, here. I didn't see it twice, and I've never seen it since, to be honest with you. You know, um, you know, I I actually I saw it in the theater. Um I'm trying to think. Did I see it with Dara? And I don't think it's a bad made it's not a badly made movie, but I just genuinely I mean, didn't it's just like it. it's just a rehash of fucking taxi driver anyway. But, and uh, Mr. Saturday Night. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I haven't seen either of those movies, and I enjoyed Joker. Yeah, well, you should see which, both which of those fine. fucking movies, and you'll which know what fine, we're talking Leo. about. It's just, <laughs> it just literally, it's like, okay, you have Mr. Saturday Night with, you know, Robert De Niro, and Robert De Niro's in the Joker, playing essentially the character for Mr. Saturday Night. And, and it, also, he, yeah. he also played Travis Bickle in From Taxi, Taxi Driver. Driver. And this is kind of the like fact a fact that Robert De Niro was on was in the movie to me. I was like, oh, Todd, Todd Phillips really feels like he fucking he scored a win here with with this casting. I bet he's like, oh, yeah, look, I, I have no time for subtle homages. You know, OK, well, thank <laughs> you very much for that. Zack Snyder light. <laughs> like <laughs> I, all the I mean... subtlety of a fucking jackhammer turned up to high. Like, Jesus. I, I have we really seen him uh, direct anything since? Uh, I don't I mean, think so, right? He's been hard at work on Joker Folia Du. 
which I oh, I really that's good. <laughs> I wish I cared about. I I really do like. It's a musical, and Lady Gaga's playing Harley Quinn in it. Like, I uh yeah I oh I yeah know. he hasn't done anything else yeah. Guess he hasn't had to you know. Yeah yeah exactly I mean. He made money hand over fist with the fucking hangover movies and shit. So in old school, you know. Yep. Not road trip. Oh, he made road trip too. Starsky uh writer. Uh Starsky and Hutch or at fucking road That's trip. Crazy. So I enjoyed that movie the first time I saw it when it was uh when it starred Paul Rudd and Reese Witherspoon. It was called Overnight Delivery. Ouch. It was written by Kevin Smith initially. Oh, they, they didn't like his script. It, it had it had uh, he had it take place in the viewers universe. Ah, uh, um, so not like full blown Jay and Silent Bob, but they actually did pop up at one point in the story. Um, but, you know, that's at a point in time when Kevin Smith was actually being asked to doctor a lot of scripts, too. You know, like you ever seen the movie Coyote Ugly? Yes. Kevin Smith is the reason why they mentioned the Amazing Spider-Man in that script. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Does he get he, credit for it? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I wouldn't want credit for it, to be perfectly honest. Like Coyote Ugly. Mm. So I mean, I'm 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 glad that more people noticed Piper Parabu, I guess, from from being in that. But they not. I mean, obviously, you you missed out on Bridget Moynihan, but that's fine. That's fine. Did, did so, I miss out on Bridget Moynihan? Uh, yes, out? she is delightful, sir. Is she? Because, like, I can't name anything else she's been in besides The Recruit. Oh, okay. All right. Well, she, she is in that uh, that wonderful show with uh, Tom Selleck and Donnie Wahlberg. Blue Bloods? That's the one. I've never seen it. So. She plays she plays Donnie's sister, and she's the, uh, you know, former uh, ex-wife of Tom Brady. And, uh, you know. Uh, I don't think they were married. I think, I think she's a uh, baby mama. Weird, weird hill to uh, stand on, but okay. That's yeah, I mean, it's a weird hill to die on, but at least <laughs> yeah. I'm dead, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, c- could she could she sound any more of Irish descent, though? Holy she shit! Is, she is uh, also the uh, wife of uh, the the late wife of one Mister John Wick. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah. She's oh, she's the one that got him the puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did not go well. <laughs> Here, here's a lovely lass, Bridget Moynihan, everyone. You may yeah. recognize her from being the dead wife in John Wick or a secondary character who plays a wife in Hope. Blue Bloods. She was also or the, uh, or the woman who was almost the wife of Thomas Brady of New hey, England she, Patriots. She was an iRobot, too, so. Yeah, she's, oh, yeah. she's known for iRobot, Some of All Fears, Lord of War, and Battle Los Angeles. Oh, I forgot Lord she was in Lord of War. War. Yeah. Nick Cage? Yeah. Jesus. God. That's a sleeper of a movie sometimes. Is that the... Jared no, Leto. Am I thinking Jared of Leto. Face Off? Which one's the one where Nicolas Cage says, ain't it cool? Uh, Follow You're insane. Ain't it cool? Yeah. I, I feel like that's Broken Arrow, but still. Maybe it is Broken. No, that's uh, that's that's John Travolta, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Oh my god! Oh shit! That's gonna drive me. It might be wow. face off. 
it, it does seem like a face-off yeah. sort of thing. It's cool. Ain't it cool? Is that the one where he says he could eat a peach all day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did see an interesting uh, video. I don't know if you guys have run across this, but they were talking about how um, the character of uh, Danny from Billy Madison, played by um, Steve Buscemi, is potentially the uh, killer from Con Air, who then eventually goes on to become Donnie in Big Lebowski. Jesus, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like mind blown. By the way, it was it was face off. It was, it was okay. Yeah. Ain't, ain't, ain't that cool? cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is a good cheesy movie, and it's just like you're like I don't have the expectations that this is fine cinema, but I like this, sir. Yes, I, I saw it in the theater. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> let's just take two Italian men with completely different body types and just throw believability out the window altogether. Otherwise, are they similar heights? I, I figured Travolta would be taller. I don't I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess we, we really shouldn't dissect the logic of face off at this point. <laughs> it's already been done. It's in the can. You know, Pedro Pascal has the uh, he's, got, he's got the statue. It's grotesque. I'll give I you mean, $1,000 for it. Didn't didn't John Woo just do something again recently and it wasn't like great? Yes. yes. Yeah. Like we we Silent Night, right? Wasn't yeah. it Silent? Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh... Yeah, but isn't it uh, Joel Edgerton or whatever the 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 RoboCop guy? Kinnaman. Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Yeah, Joel Edgerton is it, a completely different actor. He, it, he was he was in uh, Kinky Boots with Chewita Legifer. Bless you. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Silent Night could have definitely been better. The um it, it took itself too literally of being silent. Like, you know, that was a whole cliche thing is like not a single word is said in the entire movie. Uh even like, you know, when you hear like ambulance drivers and, and like the radio and stuff like that, it's like they're saying something, but they make it like unintelligible. Garbled. Yeah. Gar garbled. Yep. 